MSUB students and welcome back to the Retort Podcast. How is everybody this morning? Doing great. Mine's pretty good. Did you have a busy morning again, Jordan? Yep, morning practice, 6.30 this morning. Woof. And I also got cookie crumble from Coach, so, so that makes that worthwhile. What cookie did you get? Uh, the mid, Midnight Mint. Yummo. Crumble's nice. the best. <laughs> Crumble is amazing. Yes. yes. So many good cookies. Indeed. How's, the, how's school going for you guys? Oh, it's going pretty good. Can't, can't really yeah. complain. Besides a couple of projects coming up, other than that. I can definitely always complain. Yeah, there's a lot to complain about. One of my many talents, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, how was your guys' Halloween? What'd you do? Cookie Monster and, what, Bugs Bunny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Did you go trick-or-treating, Ben? I did not go trick-or-treating, but uh, I did go do a Halloween-themed gig with one of the bands I play in down at Craft Local. Oh, fun. What about you, Jordan? Uh, besides, besides just play kickball, was it last Friday? Yeah, last Friday with the team. And of course, the team I was all won by a first blowout. To of the course. Point. And then in the which, next game, next game we play a game up to seven, in which, case, in which case I kicked off the winning single as a walk-off single. Nice. Yeah, I actually went to the Moss Mansion with my parents, and uh, it was a really good time. It was spooky. They had like a spook, like an event where they tell scary stories on each floor, and um, I really recommend it, especially during the holidays. They said it's even better during the holidays. So if you're out there, go go to Moss Mansion. It's yeah, neat. I've, I've never been to the Moss Mansion before, but it was a little bit spendy. But um, the reason for that is because they're privately, they're not funded by the state. So anything that they make from doing events, that's what they do use to do maintenance on the house. So that makes sense. that's why, like, so when you go, you're actually supporting the house. Mm. So kind of neat. historical landmark. Yes, it's very, it's, it's neat, especially if you're a history nut like I am. Alrighty, so student news this week. On Tuesday the 9th, there is a Worker Bee workshop series. From 3 to 4 in LI 100, there is also Jacket, Java, and Jams Karaoke from 7 to 8 in the sub-atrium. So you should definitely go to Jacket, Java, Jams Karaoke because that'll be a sight. <laughs> it's always fun. Karaoke is always fun. Yeah, like, especially, doesn't yeah. doesn't matter if you're good singing. Yeah, it's for sure. Fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Wednesday the 10th, there's Night on the Van from 4.45 to 6 p.m. You must sign up. There's a Native Game Night and Indian Tacos from 5 to 8 p.m. in the Glacier Room. There's also a lecture at 6 p.m. in LI-148 on some differences between East Asian and Western educational practices. If you want to attend that, learn something new. On Thursday the 11th, there's Jacket Volleyball at 7 p.m. in the Alteritz Gym. And on Saturday the 13th, there's a service Saturday at 9 a.m. in the sub-atrium. Uh, there's also Yellow Jacket Volleyball at 12 p.m. in Alteritz Gym. And then a Ribbon Skirt Workshop from 10 to 2 in the Montana Room. So, so this service Saturday, I have an inkling that has something to do with animals and animal shelters. So if you're about that, definitely go. In community news, someone crashed, crashed into Rimrock Mall, according to... Billings PDA, a 63-year-old male, was taken into a hospital with non-life-threatening injuries when he crashed into Wormock Mall, drove about 50 feet into the establishment. That's nuts. I yeah. think they, they drove into, like... It uh, was, like, the batting cages the batting at the mall. Cage place. Yeah. yeah. 
And they're, like, really struggling. The owner of the business, I read an article about it because they had, like, 12 to 8 lessons a day. And then between that, kids would come in and use the batting cages. And I've seen pictures, and it is demolished. And it's going to take them probably, like, a couple months to get back up and running again. So I I couldn't find anything on what happened to the man. Was he drunk? Was he not? It was at, like, 6.30 in the morning when he did it. But uh, he will be okay. He was, t- yeah. He's taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. I didn't know he made it all the way. Into oh, he the drove fifty feet. It yeah. Like he just like bumped into it. Nope. The, the entrance. Oh yeah. He he full sent. He full sent. Okay, so for this week's main story, I thought we'd do a little bit of history regarding Native American Heritage Month, uh, Montana tribes and reservations, and then a story that. Uh, Jordan came up with about, who was it about, Jordan? Uh, the Pueblo Revolt in cool. 1680. Yes. All right. Nice. So we will start with uh, the heritage of Native American Heritage Month. Yeah. I've compiled a small sum- summary about, like, how this Native American Heritage Month came to be. And uh, so Native American Heritage Month originated as a day that honored the contributions that Native Americans have made in the United States. The turn of the 20th century was when the push for recognition um, began to make its way towards the eyes of the American public. Interestingly enough, the first group to set aside a day for the first Americans was the Boy Scouts of America. Um, Any Boy Scouts out there I Shout out to you. I'm an Eagle Scout, so oh man, just the catalyst for this event. Um, and he was from the Seneca tribe, and the director of the Museum of Arts and Science in Rochester, New York. So in 1915, representatives from Native American tribes around the U.S. met in their annual gathering, uh, which is the American Indian Association. Um, to discuss and approve a plan to create American Indian Day um, at the time. This plan included a proclamation made by Reverend Sherman Coolidge of the Arapaho tribe. That name sounds really familiar, Coolidge. I've definitely heard that before. I apologize if I butchered the name. Oh, yeah, just a a little disclaimer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if we mispronounce anything, we are not doing it with malice in our hearts. (laughs) Um, On September 28th of 1915, in the the proclamation, it officially established American Indian Day as the second Saturday in May. This proclamation also contained a formal appeal for Native Americans to be recognized as American citizens. Red Fox, Red Fox James of the Blackfeet tribe went from state to state to gather uh, approval for the country to recognize a National American Indian Day. Then the first state to recognize American Indian Day was New York in 1916. Other, other states recognized that day on the fourth Friday in September. A few states have rebranded Columbus Day as Native American Day. As they should. Yep, absolutely. However, there still is no national day of recognition at the time. In 1990, although, President George H.W. Bush approved the designation of November as 
Native American Heritage Month. States followed suit since then, designating the month to recognize the Native American people. Right on. Now I want to recognize some of the tribes here in Montana. And these uh, reservations were cut out in the Fort Laramie Treaty of 1851 and the Flathead and Black and Blackfeet Treaties of 1885. So there is the Flathead Reservation, which is in Pablo, and it contains the, again, I apologize if I say any of these wrong, the Salish uh, tribe, the Pen de Oriel tribe, and the Kut Kutenai tribe. Um, there is the Blackfeet Reservation, which is in Browning, and that contains the Blackfeet tribe. There's Rocky Boys Reservation, or and that's in Rocky Boy Agency, and that contains mostly the Chippe Chippewa Cree tribe. There's Fort Belknap Reservation, which is in Fort Belknap, and that is home to the Gross, Ventre, and Assiniboine tribes. There's the Fort Peck Reservation, which is in Poplar, and that's the Assiniboine and Sioux tribes, and I actually grew up an hour away from Poplar and about 20 minutes away from the Fort Peck Indian Reservation, so it's kind of neat. Um, there's the Northern Cheyenne Reservation, which is in Lame Deer, and that, could, that is home to the Northern Cheyenne Tribe. The Crow Reservation, which is in Crow Agency, which is not that far from Billings, is home to the Crow Tribe. The Little Shell Chippewa Tribal Capital is landless, but it's headquartered in Cascade County, and that is home to the Little Shell Band of Chippewa. So, shout out to all our Indian reservations here in Montana. And now on to Jordan with his story. Yeah. So the story that I chose, chose to talk about is the Pueblo Revolt, which started in 1680, in which case, which case it was like a build-up towards the revolt. As, as in leading up towards the Pueblo Revolt, the first Spanish conquistador, Juan de Oñate, was the first governor under the Spanish rule to establish a permanent community as Santa Fe was the Spanish headquarters in aspirations to rule thousands of Pueblo natives that were all, that were all scattered across us state of New Mexico at the time, and in which case he succeeded until the Acoma, Acoma Pueblo decided to revolt in, in December 1998, in which case which case this occurred because that's back. 1598, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, 1598. <laughs> Not 1998. No, no, 15, yeah, 1598. <laughs> in which case the Spanish, Spanish troops came to visit, visit the Pueblo demanding for more, more grain from the Acoma storehouses, in which case this wasn't, wasn't enough grain, to, enough grain to, to, to hand out because this was pretty much the, the only food that they had to survive throughout the winter, winter during this time, in which case the aggression from the Spanish Spaniards caused caused the tribe to to fight back in attacking the soldiers, killing thirteen of them, including Juan de Salazar, the nephew of Juan de Anate. So, uh, this conquistador, Juan de Anate, 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 um, he came and he tried to conquer these Native American peoples, and they revolted because yeah. okay, and yeah, they that's, killed. That's like one of the one of one of the things leading up to it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep, and because since since Akuma tribe pretty much killed his nephew, so in in January of 1599, Anate sent 70 of his best best men to the tribe to make a make an example out of them. But yet, when the Spaniards Spaniards faced faced the tribe, they ended up facing a tough defensive barrier coming from atop of the mesa. So so because of this, the mesa is like set pretty high to the point where okay, so they had the high ground. Yeah, yeah, to and by having the high ground. 
high ground, even though even though the Spanish had the had the military weaponry to conquer them, but yet yet since there was a high ground to the point where the cannons were were heavy enough to the point where they where it's pretty much kind of bit useless in a sense. So it so because of that, because of that, eight hundred eight hundred Akuma pe people died, and Aniante was, on and because of this, Aniante ended up ended up tried and convicted of cruelty to in to Indians and colonists, in which case was banished from New Mexico, but yet, yet he was fired appeal and was cleared of all charges, in which case Aniante spent the rest of his days in Spain. What the heck? So he was convicted, but he was like, no, I didn't do it, and they were like, you're right, go yeah, home. Yep, yeah, basically. <laughs> Neat. So he just pretty much got banned. <laughs> but anyway, since the revolt, revolt happened, it, it pretty much increased tensions between the, the Span Spanish and Pueblo natives as the Spanish continued demand for more food, clothing, and labor, in addition to prohibited the natives from practicing their religion, despite, in which case disrupted the economy. Even though the Spanish established numerous missions, the Pueblo natives refused to buy into them. And of course, several, de several decades later, most of the Pueblos lived in peace with the Spanish. And the, Sp and the primary reason is because the Spanish provided protection Against the Apaches and Navajo tribes, in which case, which case until night, until 1670s, which case swept in. There was a drought that occurred that pretty much swept the entire region, which caused a lot of famine upon upon the pueblos, in, in which provoked increasing attacks from the nomadic tribes, in which case due to the high number of attacks from neighboring neighboring tribes, Europeans introduced introduce these diseases navigating pueblos and significantly decreasing their numbers, in which case the pueblos became increasingly dissatisfied with their rep with, with repression from, from the Franciscan missionaries. And since the missionaries had previously ignored the occasional pueblo ceremonies, as long as the pueblo, made, pueblo people made an effort to, to attend the mass, the Puebloans renewed vigor we go towards their towards their religion religious causing Fray Fray Alonso de po, Posa, Posada to to forbid Kachina dances by the purple native natives and order missionary missionaries to seize seize every mass, prayer sticks and pretty much anything anything that they can get their hands on. So the Spanish were like protecting the Pueblo from neighboring tribes? Yeah. And then once the drought hit, they could no longer protect them. Yeah. So the Pueblos were like I'm gonna do whatever I want. Yeah, so basically. So they started practicing their religion. Yeah. Spaniards didn't like that very much. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much came the case. Gotcha, gotcha. Since since when the Spanish came came to present day New Mexico, their whole goal was to convert the pueblos into ah. Christianity as well. In which case, in the early early 17th, 17th century, they the the Spanish armies ended up slaving expeditions and raiding against non pueblo people as many. Of the Pueblo people converted to Christianity, but yet, but yet some of them secretly practiced their, practiced their religious practices of their ancestors secretly as well. In which case, in 1675, Pueblos began practicing their religious rites more openly, and Spanish authorities decided to stop the displays by force. Oh boy! So furthermore, the Pueblos, the, the Indians were forced on pain death to practice their native religions 
when some Spanish officials tried to curve power the Franciscan state were charged with heresy and tested before the Inquisition. In New Mexico, Governor Juan Francisco Terrino arrested 47 medicine men. All of the medicine men were publicly whipped. Four men were hanged and the rest were imprisoned. San Juan warriors arrived at the home of the governor one night and threatened they would kill the governor and his family if the medicine men were, were not free and Terrino gave in to their demands. And one of the medicine men who had been captured was Pope, a, a, a Indian from the Tewat Tewa tribe from the San Juan Pueblo. And after being freed, the elderly medicine man returned to the north where he began preaching insurrection from the, for the next several years in, as the Pueblo people and the villages were beginning, were, were scattered and traditional, tradi traditionally in the, independent of one another, pursuing them to work together to remove the Spanish was, was a daunting task for Pope. However, the medicine man was up to the challenge and the Pueblo group started working together over several, several years. So this uh, man, Pope, was kind of like the engineer of the revolt, yeah. like, ban like uh, rounding everybody up yeah. to take over? Yeah, so he's pretty much like one of, one of the key, key figures in this, in this gotcha. revolt. Gotcha. So Pope insisted, insisted on tight security and, and even had his son-in-law killed before he might be security risk as, as a Spanish official. The leaders met on Pueblo Village's Saints Day to eliminate suspicion about what they might be in, be in a particular Pueblo at an unusual time. On August 10, 1680, the attack was, was commenced by the Taos and Periqui and Tewa Indians in, the, in their respective Pueblos they killed. 21 of the province, 40, 40 Franciscans and 380 Spaniards, including men, women, children, the Spanish, Spaniards were able to flee, flee to Santa, Santa Fe, then to Estero Pueblo. Finally, the plan came together. A false day of attack, August 13, was, was told to the followers when, when the two runners say, sent to say the Pueblo villages of the plan were, were called the Spanish, Spanish fleet, they would have, have more time to prepare. Again, runners, runners were, were sent, sent out this time the correct day, August 10th. All the villages needed to coordinate the their attack plan and strikes simultaneously so the Sp Spanish would not help each other. Then the, the runners carried carry a knotted cord. Each day they traveled. Some villages were 150 50 miles from each other. The runner would, would untie a knot. Each knot represented the number of days until the revolt. That's interesting. So they kept time by, so that like each day I got it. So the, each day they would un, untie one. Yeah. And then that means that however many knots were left, that's how many days they had until had they, to like tell everybody. Yeah. So that's pretty much like their calendar in a uh, way. It's smart. Oh yeah, very very useful. I would have never thought of that honestly. No, me either. So at sunrise, August tenth, the attack be attack began. Each fighting group had had signed signed a group of Spanish people and property to destroy. By the end of the day, only five Spanish. Spanish people north of Santa Fe arrived, gathering the horses, food, and weapons Weapons of the enemy, the Pueblo headed to Santa Fe. The revolt, the revolt did not meet its objectives as well in, in the south as it had in the north. And the Spanish, at this letter, thought the rest of the Spanish had, had been killed and decided to head, head towards Mexico. And by, 
By August 13th, Pueblo warriors surrounded Santa Fe. They laid siege of the town, cutting off supplies of, supplies of water and other foods. After two days, many of the Spanish people had been wounded, including the governor, but Trevino refused to surrender. The governor and a small group of soldiers and safe broke out of the plaza and attacked, surprising the Pueblo warriors. The Spanish set fires off the south, south side of town and killed many of the Pueblos. On the way back, the Spanish were able to get water and capture 40 hostages. They shot the hostages. And finally, the Spanish, Spanish decided to leave. They packed, they packed up and walked walk out of town while the Pueblos just watched them. For the Pueblos, their aim was achieved, have the dread Spanish leave. The Spanish of Santa Fe was heading south about 1,000 strong, and the Spanish, Spanish office led up approximately 1,500 people with essentially combined, combined on Rio Grande and near, near El Paso. It will be 12 years before the Spanish will return and reconquer New, New Mexican Pueblos. And briefly, the Pueblos return to the peace of their old traditions. However, Pope will make himself the grand leader of the Pueblo people he took over as governor, governor place in Santa Fe and, and demanded tribute from all the tribes in, in which discorded development within, within Pueblo communities between the two different towns. And in, 1960, in, in 1693, when the Spanish returned, they, they could permanently reestablish re their role rule all over Pueblos in New Mexico. Only Hopi tribe far, was far from the West, remained free of the Spanish, Spanish control. So everything after the revolt, when the Spanish finally left them, Pope got a little bit power hungry, and yeah. just like asserted himself, and oh, that was yeah. kind of the downfall eventually. Yeah. Um, because he kind of divided the people. And it seems like the Pueblo were kind of independent people and they didn't really like he had to work to like rope them together right yeah so i mean yeah that's a really interesting story though thank you jordan oh yeah all righty so that is all we have for you this week uh jackets if thank you for listening if you have made it this far make sure you follow us on spotify apple podcasts and facebook those are the three we are most active on um tune in next week and I guess we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Yep, and thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.